0: Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to have Kushu here from Texas, Selena here from Syracuse, and Shigetsu here from Marcellus. Is that where Elbridge. you now live? Elbridge. <laughs> Elbridge, wonderful to have all of you here, and Yoshin back from Daibasatsu Zendo. And back from New York City, Kigetsu. Starting to feel like a barker at a state fair. (laughs) We just chanted the song of Zazen. As the truth eternally reveals itself, I don't know how many times we have chanted this, and I don't know how many of you have been awakened by this line as the truth eternally reveals itself. What does this mean? Well, take a stab at it. What is it? Every moment contains the truth. Therefore, it is as it is. Therefore, this very place Right? Cannot be otherwise. This very place is the lotus land of purity. Does that mean this zendo? Only this zendo? Where else? Hmm? All everywhere. Any exceptions? Hm: This is so, but what this line is saying is that it isn't just its own truth, right? It isn't just that specific manifestation, separate from all other places' own truths. This very place is the lotus land of purity. This very body means what? This body body cannot be any other way. This very body is the body of the Buddha. This is extremely difficult for us to understand with our whole being. It's not so difficult to understand theoretically. But when this very body is having some sickness and coughing and we think, well, this very body is not as good as it used to be. I'm getting old, I have a bad cough, blah, blah, blah. Then it's hard for us to see this very body is the body of the Buddha. Just as it is, not some other way. As it is, the body of the Buddha. So, of course, this is the uh, conclusion of this sentence, right? As the truth eternally reveals itself. What do you feel when you, see, when you read, when you recite this line? As the truth eternally reveals itself. Does it seem as though there may be a slight gap, maybe just the thickness of a paper, between your experience of this revealing moment and as the truth eternally reveals itself? I think for many people there is a sense that there's just somehow, it's going a little bit like this. Why do I say that? Well, because... I see that everyone has a very different understanding of time. When we listen to the Han, or we hear a siren, what is it telling us? Time is passing. Things are going. Often the verse on the back of a Han is written something like, Time flies like an arrow. Wake up! Or, as I said at the end of session in my closing remarks, hearing the sirens outside. Emergency! But as I said, everyone has a very different sense of time. Just as I also spoke about the sense of self and how imbalanced looking around, how imbalanced Mm -hmm the sense of self is over here, people who feel they have, they're very meek, they're very timid, they don't deserve to exist, they're self-effacing and self-debasing. Over here, they may feel the same way, but they've learned how to compensate. I know what to do. You listen to me. I'll tell you how to live your life. Right? This is very common. We see variations on this theme all the time. And Sometimes they switch places. But there's always this kind of off balance. Same with time. As you know, I spent most of my life in or around New York City. And maybe some of you know the expression, a New York minute. What's a New York minute? What's a New York minute? Right? The ocean has it. A snap of a fingers is longer than a New York minute. When we lived in Rockland County back in the early 70s, we were working in Tarrytown at Marymount College, which was about a 40-minute commute maybe less when there weren't a lot of cars in our path. And then from Marymount, we would go down to the New York Sendo, which was another maybe hour. Especially at rush hour, could be longer. And then we would park within a few blocks walk of the New York Sendo East 67th Street, near 2nd Avenue, not an easy place to park. And then after sitting, we would drive back up the other side of the Hudson to our place in Rockland County. So if you grow up with a New York Minute being your standard, you know alacrity. Alacrity in our practice is extremely important Time flies like an arrow. Wake up. When something needs to be prepared, when something needs to be taken care of, seeing what will need to be done, but not doing it in the present moment, doing it in its time, This is very important. So just as there is this imbalance of self-regard, all of which is based on an illusion, there would be no imbalance if we understood truly that self-nature is no nature. But because we don't understand this, we think, oh, I'm no good. I know how to live. Right? basic fallacy of self. We also have this basic fallacy of time. As you know, nowadays many 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 people are doing what's called mindfulness meditation. And somehow the the understanding of mindfulness is this is kind of a common commodification of Buddhism. Everything should be done slowly in order to really understand what this moment is. We need to see how it is going to manifest itself. And then... Truly to taste this moment and then allow it to go into the next moment. Though well, mindfulness is wonderful, but it's not what we're practicing. Sorry. What is Zen mindfulness? To realize this moment is gone. And people are either just behind or just in front of the moment because of this fallacy of the understanding of time, the separation, thinking, oh, time, right. What time is it? Therefore, not understanding the full activity of this moment. Always just slowly Going to the next thing, or hurrying past this present moment, thinking, oh, I have to get to that thing. All of you probably experience this, right? A kind of strange delay that takes you out of where you are, or the pressure we call the stresses of modern life, the pressure to quick, go to the next thing, get it done. And then what has happened? You're not there at all. You're not there for any of it. It's not, not just being slow motion, but you're not there for any of it. And then, of course, there's this thing about worry about what has to be done. That has tremendous negative consequences. Not only can we not act, but we, can, we have to worry about what should we do if so living always in an anxious future and a regretful past. This is not Zen practice. Zen practice is right now, right here, right now. Do what has to be done. How? You might ask. With all that I've been saying, you might think, well, then how? Right? Could you please tell me how? How? We have something called Zazen. What do we do during Zazen? Don't be ashamed. Tell me, <laughs> what is the typical experience of Zazen? Eh? typical experience of zazen is contemplation that's great for other people it may not be so wonderful though what's a more typical blah 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 Mm. and what is the blah 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 all about me 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 and what else Hmm? okay the separation of self and other yet for sure But what about what we've been talking about, actualizing what has to be done? What's going on in the mind during Zazen? Past and future. Past and future, past and future, past and future. This didn't work. Oh, that's not going to work. Oh, that was really great. Oh, I'll never get that again. Past and future. I'll never be able to dot, dot, dot. Past and future. Based on all my inadequacy of the past, which I know so well, I'll never manage. Somehow I can't. Oh, poor me. You can call it contemplation, but I don't. I don't think that's what we mean by Zazen. What do we mean by Zazen? Attention to what? Here now. This breath. This moment. And of course, you know, all of you can say this very nicely, attention to this moment, but what is your experience when you try to do it? It's hmm? Hard. It's hard. It's difficult. It's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard. Therefore, we call it a practice. We really just have to return again and again to this really overwhelmingly difficult enterprise of paying attention to nothing. This is why it's so hard. We all have learned how to pay attention to something. In fact, our brains are so overloaded with our attention to something that we can't even memorize a sutra. Right? I see so many sutra books out which for new people we should see for old timers there's no way that you can not memorize Namukaratano if you do Zazen did you understand my sentence? Sometimes these negatives, you know, get kind of hard to follow. Let me put it in a positive way. If you do," I said, paying attention to nothing, then your brain is so refreshed. You know? How refreshing it's like, "Oh, this drink of water." Brain is so happy, so in tune with this moment. No need to say this moment, right? Just, ah. and then before you try to memorize, always sit, right? The more we sit, the less difficult it gets to do zazen, to do nothing. So, these are just some little tricks of the trade. Everybody always wants to know what's the secret? The secret is to do it. Well, how do I do it? What's the answer? Nike made a lot of money. Just do it. Just do it. Right? We don't have to buy anything. This is our natural gift. You can look, you can walk barefoot. Right? You understand? I'm making a joke. You don't need to buy the thing with this little you know, Nike logo on it. You already have it. Just do it over and over. It's hard. It's very hard. The more you just do it, the more you realize how hard it is. That's a good sign. That means you're actually starting to do it. And then you keep doing it, and then it gets boring to say it's hard. And then you drop away. Oh, easy heart, success, failure, you just drop it away. And it's just, oh, <clears throat> chattering mind, stilling mind. Then, Namu no namurino. Just do it. Maybe you only get through two lines in the next year, but you still are doing it with this motivation. Motivation is so important. When you feel you're so congested, then sit. Let everything just settle. You know, like the image of the glass of muddy water? Just set the glass down. Let all of the little bits of grains of sand settle. And then. Clarity of mind and realization. Revealing itself. Nothing to grab for. Just revealing itself. Such a precious thing we have this practice if we do it. So I was reading. Buddha Dharma, latest issue. And there's a wonderful article that was written uh, many years ago by Katagiri Roshi. Some of you have read his books. One, his last book before he died was You Have to Say Something. Right? This is a wonderful title. We cannot put it into words. Words cannot explain the real meaning of the universe. We chant this in the Diamond Sutra. This is not this. It is just called this. Words always get in the way, and yet we have to say something. We have to communicate something. Anyway, so his... He died in 1990, and... um, this article in this issue was adapted from a book that's being brought out or just came out, titled Each Moment is the universe Shambhala. And in it he speaks about one of my all favorite, all time favorite passages by Dogen chapters in Shobogenzo Uji which translates to being time. This being time, we actually can taste when we are sitting for some length of time. See, words are interesting, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Length of time is not being time. But we can experience being time when we are just being time. Or another way of putting it, because words are so interesting, is time out of time. And of course we are all running out of time. So you see how these words kind of do this interesting um, circular puzzle just as you think you get a word its meaning shifts and just as you think you can grasp that meaning there's another way of seeing it this is what's so wonderful about words as expressions of that which cannot be quantified or commodified if we understand this then words are fine but if also, if we understand this, then words are eternally slippery. Nothing can be grasped indeed, just as we understand time past can't be grasped. Time present can't be grasped. Time future can't be grasped. But I did want to read to you from this article. He, uh, he's quoting or referring to a section of the Shobogenzo first called Merits of the Monastic's Life. Dogen Zenji said that most people are not able to acquire the way-seeking mind of spiritual awareness without deeply understanding that a day consists of Come here. I can ask him because he's an engineer to read this number. Six billion, four hundred million, ninety-nine thousand, one hundred and eighty moments. Thank you. So, six billion four hundred million. 99,180 moments in a day. This is a wonderful number. I don't know where Dogen found this number, but... Saying that there are 6,400,099,180 moments in a day is not talking about a mysterious idea. It is talking about something real. A moment is called kashana in Sanskrit. Sometimes we say that one finger snap, gyo has 60 moments. So one finger snap equals 60 kashana. A Buddhist dictionary may say that a moment equals one seventy-fifth of a second. I'm sure you all wanted to know how long is a moment. According to the Abhidharma scriptures, a moment consists of 65 instants. The actual numbers are not so important, but we should have a sense of how quickly time goes. Like an arrow. Transiency is the naked nature of time. We all know this, right? How quickly a moment goes. Right as we're sitting here, what's happening? The moment of our death is approaching, beckoning. To put it that way, gives it more of a sense of, oh yeah, yeah, it's urgent. Alacrity, good thing, yeah. I want to use this moment. Not, oh, well, I didn't get anything accomplished. Oh, well, there'll be another day. Can't take that attitude. This is it. But getting back to this. In day-to-day life, Katagiri Hiroshi says, you don't perceive the transient structure of time because your rational mind cannot recognize the flux of moments. The true tempo of time is too quick for your mind to keep up with, so you sense a gap between you and time. Then, because of that gap, remember we talked about the gap a little while ago? Tiny, thin gap, maybe. Maybe bigger. You feel that your life is completely separate from the rest of the universe. This is really what we mean by... the truth of suffering so this feeling of what? it's all going on I'm here and it's there I'll never catch up or looking back oh, that happened when you sense that gap you can hardly stand it it is beyond bearing you think wow how awful what's the matter with me And you feel that you can never get along in your present circumstances. Then he says, we want to believe in the continuity of our lives so that we can say, can you guess? Why do we want to believe in the continuity of our lives? Close. Even more basic. Hmm? That's also another aspect of it. Control of it, having some meaning to it. But what's the basic element? Uh, I am. I am. I am. She said it. I am. You know, that's what God said. We also want to be God. So I am that I am. Only we don't see it that way. Just fine. That way is great. I am that I am is this very moment. We say, I am in order to get this or get that or do this or do that. It's always, as I said, thrusting forward or looking backward. Imagine if we could say, I am that I am. Perfectly revealing, manifesting, in this very place, this very body. This is why we sit. I am that I am. So anyway, Katagiri said, we want to believe in the continuity of our lives so that we can say, yes, I exist. So instead of looking directly at time itself, we try to escape the cruel fact that impermanence constantly cuts off our lives. Unconsciously, our minds decorate time with many ornaments in order to make our lives more secure and meaningful. This is interesting, right? We want control and we want meaning, two of you said. These are ornaments. I am that I am. Just one with. No need for any additional ornament. What else does he say that I wanted to read to you? He says, I don't want to reject ornaments. There's nothing wrong with science, culture, and religion. Ornaments are important. But if you take those concepts and ideas away about meaningful, about control of your life, what's left? What's left? Just the transient stream of time just revealing itself right here now no matter how long you try to make your life meaningful you cannot find a way to do it unless you face the original nature of time So before you use ornaments, make those ornaments more meaningful by seeing deeply into human life based on time. Be present from moment to moment, right in the middle of the stream of time. This is really the secret to our practice. Just as you said, to pay attention, to be present, moment to moment, in the stream as it is now, revealing and changing. Instead of saying, I'll take this part, but I don't want that part. Instead of saying, okay, this is my time. Can't, right? Can't do it. That's where we get into trouble. To really allow, as I often say, time to unfold. We are the unfolding of this moment. There is no gap. Right here, right now, what you are feeling is the unfolding of this moment, whether you like it or not. This is another area we always confuse. We think, well, if I were able to be in true, real time as it unfolds, it would feel good so because I feel bad now, it must be that I'm not in the moment. And you're right. You're absolutely right. But instead of pushing what you don't like away, this is the part that's easily forgotten. Invite the part that you don't like to be as it is. As it Mm-hmm so hard to do. We're so you know, the grain I have to work against the grain here. It's so hard to do because all our lives we're taught, push away what you don't want, grab hold and hold what you do want. So of course it's hard. We are doing reverse brainwashing all the time in our practice. That's so important to realize. This is why strong motivation is essential. We must have this Vow We can't just say, Oh I made a mistake. They don't have to deal with it. We have to truly say all oh, the evil karma ever committed by me since of old, right now, right? In this moment. Born of my body, mouth and thought. This body, mouth and thought. Whatever is happening in this moment that we are separated from is creating evil karma, because we are separating from it. We are creating evil karma. If you have this clearly in your mind, you won't be so likely to toss off what you've done or to try to hide it. That is indeed creating a difficulty. This is why in Buddhist practice, particularly in monastic practice, Confession is so important. To confess and purify it all, to acknowledge one's mistake, as soon as one realizes, I've made a mistake, I've inconvenienced someone, immediately, I'm so sorry. We, again, this goes against the grain. We want to cover it up, pretend it didn't happen. Oh, it's somebody else's fault. They didn't tell me I was supposed to do this Right? Immediately the mind goes into overdrive. Well, if they had told me, I would have had it prepared. Always we're doing this. Everybody, without exception, we're doing this. This is what we call human nature and excuse ourselves for. But if we want to do Zen practice, no excuses, all right? If we want to do Zen practice, no excuses, all right? Why, if you continue... I'm trying to make your lives happy and whole by saying these things. I'm not scolding. I'm not saying, oh, you're no good. That would just be, you know, saying what you're saying. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, here is an opportunity for you to free yourselves all of us, to free ourselves. When something we don't like happens, we can say, Oh, invite, invite, please. This is part of this moment. This is, please, come in. Do come in. And here's a very wonderful statement. Again, this has to do with freeing ourselves from the constraints of our own ignorance. That's what I'm talking about, right? Constraints of our own ignorance about the real nature of being time. Of being time. Of being time. He says, it is very important to see your life not only from the narrow view of your egoistic telescope. You know? This is what I see. 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 And the way I see it is the only way it is. Right? That's the narrow telescope view. Hi. Please join us. It is very important to see your life not only from the narrow view of your egoistic telescope. This is something you could memorize. It's easier than (laughs) Namakaratano. Everybody, what did I say? I'll give you a hint. It is very very important to see your life not only from the narrow view of your egoistic telescope, so far so good, but also from the broad view of the universal telescope called egolessness. That's fun, huh? Something nice to keep in mind, really. This, he says, is why we have to practice. So, just as you said, it's so hard. Because it's hard, then you know, oh, it's good. It's good. What, you know, Ada Roshi says so many times, and I can't quite get his accent down, but I'll try. It's worthy to struggle. It's worthy to struggle. Really, because it's hard, it's worthy. It's worthy. The easy way out is compounding difficulties upon difficulties and suffering upon suffering for you and everyone in your life without exception. If you really take this to heart, then it becomes so easy to do what is so quote-unquote hard. Right? Why are we here? If we have a bodhisattva vow, then to do what is hard is undertaken gladly. If we don't have a bodhisattva vow, then everything is a pain in the neck, a pain in the butt, a pain in the knee. Yeah? This is why we have to practice. When you understand how the various aspects of human life unfold in a moment, you can live freely in the realm of time. You can face the moment and know what to do. Always in our Zen practice, the word function is extremely important. It's not possible for us to go into our Zazen Samadhi and just... and block out everything from that point forward. The point is, we go into this single, one-pointed concentration so that when the call comes from around us, in the world, whatever, in our family, in our business, and whatever it is, we respond immediately. When the deadline approaches, we can meet it fully, without regret, functioning, is the essence manifesting in this phenomenal world? Without seeing the oneness of numenum, numinal world and phenomenal world, or absolute relativity—however you want to do it—without seeing the oneness, you become a cripple. I mean, mentally and physically, unable to. Act when action is called for. You can face the moment and know what to do. Then you can create your life and your life really works. Isn't this something we all want? This is zazen in everyday life. To create our lives and our lives really work. To be creative what is this moment asking of us? Full creative awareness. Not doing it by rote. Not reading the script and, oh yeah, here it says I'm supposed to do what? Why didn't they tell me? How come this is wrong? Because this moment is asking something else. There's no script. One... So many good things to read to you, but we're running out of, guess what? The clock. But there are several things I have to read to you. If you see the intersection of time and space, it's one, as it reveals itself, the intersection of time and space. We might also call it what? Present hmm. Present moment, this time. Very frequently, we use this expression: "right here, right now." Right in the here and now, intersection of time and space. Right here, right now. Nowhere else. Cannot be anywhere else. Cannot be otherwise. As it is. That's intersection of time and space. You experience complete freedom of being in that liberated state. You can see fundamental truth and the phenomenal world simultaneously, as I said. This is called Buddha's world. Now, we're not talking about some figure out there you know, in the Tushita heavens. We're talking about Buddha's world right here. Next weekend, we will be in Buddha's world known as Obon, the day of inviting our deceased family and friends to come here to offer our chanting, our gratitude, food, beautiful ornaments. And this is fundamental truth and phenomenal world simultaneously. To realize Buddha's world is... to understand that the esoteric and the exoteric are not two. We chant for obon, esoteric dharani, special sagaki, dai sagaki, great sagaki, great offering to the deceased. And those of you who were here for a summer session when we did each evening this sagaki chanting, Perhaps you felt something. This intersection of space and time. The past is gone, doesn't exist. Future has not come, doesn't exist. Present, nothing. In a moment it is gone. So, present is nothing. And that nothingness, he says, is very important. Nothingness means total functioning, just functioning energy. When the present is no time, it is interconnected with all sentient beings in the peace and harmony of timelessness. When nothingness functions... There is a pivot, and it becomes the present. That pivot is called the pivot of nothingness. At that precise point, and this is like a description of Obon, so I will close with this wonderful statement. At that precise point, the intersection of time and space, which is called right here, Right now, all sentient beings come together into the moment, and a vast world comes up. Past, present, future, earth, trees, planets, moons, and suns. In one moment, every possible aspect of human life, everything we can be, spreads out unfolds, and a huge world comes up. That is called interdependent co-origination. Life is always at the pivot of nothingness. It is always right here, right now. So with this grateful heart of realization that we all have it is always at hand let us firmly commit to the practice we call call it Zazen